Hello and welcome to episode 70 of Hearty Dice Friends. My name is Bron Howard. This guy is Christopher Taylor and we are here to offer role-playing game advice. This is the third time I've recorded this intro. That's three. Now, normally, that's the sort of thing which like you'd fuck one up and go, oh, okay, well, we'll have to do the intro again. And then, then you try to go, oh, no, the cat came in and made a noise. Oh. Now, um, this is the third time I've recorded it over the course of ten days. <laughs> the first one went wrong because Chris ran out of government-issued cocaine and we had to stop recording. And the second one went wrong because I mistakenly saved part two of the podcast on both halves of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd like to. Th- I'd, li- I'd mainly like to blame the DHL man who arrived uh, to, to, to take away some packages for that, but it's really my fault. Let's just place it all on the DHL man that we don't know and will never know. Yeah, that motherfucker belly lifted a box. He made me carry them all out. Bastard. Yeah. Anyway, point is, at some point during this show, about say half an hour, twenty minutes in, there's going to be an undetectable shift. The stuff we recorded last week. Because I'm an audio wizard, you will not notice it. You'll notice it. I'm You'll not putting a klaxon. <laughs> and like if there were like guests we hadn't not- we hadn't mentioned who suddenly arrive halfway through. Um, th- <laughs> thankfully, um, the core element of improv comedy is building platform. Uh, introducing things and then reintroducing things you've already established. That's funny. Mm-hmm. And we're shit at improv, so we never mention anything twice. So thankfully, <laughs> this this should be quite easy to cut together. The key to improv, repetition. Mm. Also, you may be wondering why this is episode 70 and not episode 69. An important point, and astute uh, of you for noticing. Mm, well done, eagle-eyed viewer. Ye- hmm. So, listen, we recorded episode 69. Mm-hmm. It was not suitable for public consumption. It was bawdy. Which is to say that we we gave sex advice rather than role-playing game advice. Mm-hmm. And we're not skilled uh, <laughs> uh, either, but definitely not sex. Well, <laughs> speak for myself, maybe you're great in bed. but Certainly not I, the advice part of it. Yes, we are not very good at speaking about sex. So we recorded it. It's quite funny. It's useless, possibly harmful if you if you're an impressionable listener. Yeah, and and so we decided that seeing as it was so far off brand for the for the Hearty Dice Friends role playing advice and occasional quad dicks funny sort of chat, uh, that we put it as a as as our Hearty Dice Nights episode this month. Yes, yeah. so it's, so you'll, it's gonna... you'll be able to listen to it if that's yeah. your thing, but yeah, you don't all... have to if it comes up on random. If it's your thing, uh, enough for you to pay us for it. Yeah. Which I think technically makes us sex workers. I'm okay with that. Mm, good. Cool. Ladies. So, <laughs> gentlemen. So, Chris, I don't know whether we're just going to answer the same questions for a third time. Um, <laughs> because, like, you, I mean, like, you, you have enough trouble fake laughing at my jokes the first time, let alone the third. Well, so I'm very good well, at fake laughing at your jokes. Well, it's been, te- it's been 12 years. Mm-hmm. And you're <laughs> um, not very so, funny. So, sorry? <laughs> Nothing. Okay. How about you ask me a question, and we'll see if it's one from before or not. Okay, we'll start with an easy one. Mm. Owen asks, play by posts. How do we fix this? Yeah, real easy. Real easy. Have you ever been a part, part of a play by post um, game which didn't suck monumental amounts of ass? I have been part of many play by post games that didn't suck many monumental monumental many monumental large quantities of ass cells seashells by the sorry go on for the first week yep maybe a week if we're lucky and then shit show roadshow yeah yeah it's uh the problem is when you're when, because like, like in any role playing game, there'll be people who are quieter and people who are more uh, louder. You know, people who are more interested in hogging the spot, like me. You know, yeah. there'll be Chris's and me's. <laughs> and the issue, like, if you've got if you've got a bunch of grunts, then that's okay because everyone's sort of involved, and it's like there's a story happening. Yeah, you know. Um, but unfortunately, on play by post things, you have to wait for everyone to take a turn. And so if you've got a lot of Chris's, then turns can take several days to happen 
as people who were like, oh, I didn't, I didn't want to cause a fuss. I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> um, my character nods sagely and squints. But the other issue is if you've got a bunch of grants, then we can just completely run roughshod over the um, over the word limits, write as much as we fucking please, and, and steal the plot. Yeah, like I'm not reading that much. I'll no. just guess at what they've said <laughs> and make an action at the end of it after I haven't checked the board in three days. That's the other thing. Like I, I started a, um, I started a play by post game ages ago. I, was, I wanted to test out a play by post system I'd written maybe about four years ago now, I think. And I said to everyone, "Listen, you got to post every day. That's the rule. You come here, you post every day. We need one post a day minimum. That's all." Mm-hmm. And on the first day, we set up, and one player didn't post. And I was like, "Hey, what's what's going on?" She was like, oh, "I didn't have time." Right. Cool. Right. And it, Do you remember it, the social contract we air-signed it, at the beginning? It wasn't like, hey, hey, sorry guys, didn't make it yesterday. It's like, no, I didn't have time. Well, okay, I respect that. But also, I'm trying to narrate a dream sequence in a van, Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's, they they just suck. It's It's like... It's writing by non-professionals, and like I'm not a professional writer. I write games, you know. I can write. I can write. Literally I can write professional flavor. writer. No, I can write games and flavor, but, but my dialogue is lacking. Right. And everyone involved in these is it's not. It's not like they're Neil fucking Gaiman, you know. No. So you're wading through badly pot, badly paced, badly plotted, six-person narratives, and invariably someone uses asterisks and then says something. Else ultimately cringeworthy, like, oh, my character <laughs> winks saucily at you and you feel aroused. No, I don't. I feel like I'm going to crawl out of my skin and under a rock where I could die. I feel like I've just blocked you and there's only five people on this forum. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I'm not sure how you fix play-by-post. I mean, we had, there's that, oh, what's it called? Storyscape? Story World? There's one where, there's one where rules in. I tried running a game called, was it a Fimble Winter Mech Apocalypse? <laughs> <laughs> what a name! Thank like you. Um, it was uh, the the whole world froze over, and you played uh, Nordic dudes uh, using um, giant, barely understood mechs, trying to battle uh, the robots of the evil Jotun Corporation, who uh, <laughs> who all went evil. And then, and also, also Finland has froze. Finland, Norway, Norway, Scandinavia, you know that area around there. The northern bit of Europe. The northern bit. The cold ground. Well, it's that not cold bit. at the moment. It's on fire. Is it? Mm-hmm. What? Large large areas of Sweden and Russia are on fire with wildfires. Oh, Jesus. There's a lot of Russia to burn, huh? Yeah. Well, anyway, the, this, 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 is a, this is a full nuclear winter, so thankfully very, very few things are on fire, but also yeah. there are downsides, I presume. <laughs> one would assume. Mm, I, one would I think assume. like one way to maybe go towards fixing it is to not do it on a forum. Yeah, forums suck for that. Like, where you have to log into a site, mm. post it, and check it. What Twitter you need DMs. is something like WhatsApp. Yeah. Where That's actually kind of fun. Where there's a character limit on the... I believe there's a character limit on the messages anyway. Mm. Um, and it's like receiving a text message. So the neat thing about, um, about Facebook Messenger... Um, aside, like it's, I'm, I'm not, I'm not here to to applaud Facebook for everything they've done, but the neat thing about Facebook Messenger is you can rename conversations and then give people nicknames within the conversation as a oh, display okay. name. So if you wanted to have a role play thing, uh, you could you could quite easily do that. However, then Facebook might start thinking you're an orc and try and sell you axes. <laughs> that uh, is true. They are Their algorithms are always precise and perfect. Mm. But that that I think like. It's basically, you need something which intrudes into your day-to-day life. Yeah. And you need a DM who is there to say, um, please stop posting. Please stop writing. <laughs> yeah, like, so much of this is on the DM to corral. Like, even more than at a table. You've just got to be, every single time your phone pings, you've got to be on it. Mm. And that's exhausting. Yeah. You're never away from the game. I think also, like, possibly saying, hey, so, what we're going to do, we're going to have a play-by-post game, but this is going to be a fake live-action role-play where um, we are going to role-play out the end of the world. Right. We're going to, are we going to, like, like we've got one day until, uh, and, 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 until the bombs hit or what have you. And so then you can use this as a means of talking to people and playing that out, but then you've, you've, you've got a time limit 
or like we're gonna play play by post for a week and then no more and then all that like we'll have seasons where we play and then off seasons when we don't but possibly having that time because generally by the time you get to day three of a play by post oh god oh he's written so much <laughs> or even i mean take that to its logical extreme you've got a game that lasts 24 hours yeah and you've got to try and achieve x gold in 24 hours and it happens essentially in real time well i used to do um those twitter um dungeon crawls yeah which i guess were play by posts um frog croakley still does those. he does he, he does them in private dms because he's uh i guess he gets validation from other sources but, <laughs> But that was that was effective. Like I, I, I had an hour where I tried to DM as many people. To, uh, um, sorry, I tried to do Games Master uh, up up to about 30, 30 25 people. Jeez. Um, and like, like you learned to sort of group them together and let them talk to each other. But you were juggling like maybe four or five plots, and you had little subplots running off as well. Just kind of fun. It was it was like spinning plates for an hour, but it was only for an hour, you know. Yeah, but I mean, imagine having like a messenger based play by post. Mm-hmm. Where you're looking at an end of the world scenario, and it literally only lasts 24 hours in real time. Yeah. So if you if if the DM says okay, that'll take you an hour, you can't yeah. post for an hour. Yeah. Because you're doing a thing. And that's, that, and that's, that would that's, kind of be fun. I think it could be fun. I think also having it as an event rather than as homework. Yeah. Is fun, and having it as something which is exciting, and also like like giving characters. Giving characters the opportunity to make actions outside of the and to establish things outside of, of waiting for the GM to uh, to turn up, which is obviously you know which is which, which is fairly common. But rather than saying I'm going, um, I swing my sword at the guy, GM, what happens? Like 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 being able to say, oh man, the building I was in just burnt down. Yeah, that sort of thing. So I guess viewing it more as a LARP than a role play. Yeah, I think I think that's the best way to do it. Treat it a as lot a lot where you can't see each other. Yeah, and then and then like you could you could have like you could record little videos for each other and post them. You could have you could have video chats. You could um, fake ritual. That, actually, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like like you you could play one where you were um, doing a ritual all, all around the world to try and stop something from happening. Mm. That'd be kind of fun. Trying to sync stuff up as well. Yeah. And even yeah. you could even have some stuff where you're you know you're out in town and you've got to get to a church, take a picture of I, yourself inside a church. Yeah, I did a um, I did a uh, this this is rather sort of showing the man behind the curtain. I tried to set up a massive um, secret LARP, which I didn't tell anyone it was a LARP several <laughs> years ago, um, and I doubt anyone who I spoke to is listening to this podcast right now. Um, but uh, I. I sort of it was kind of a Delta Green crossover. It was a bit. Yeah. It, was, it was called Terrible Savings, and unfortunately, um, I, I I I had my own email address attached to the <laughs> fake email address, <laughs> <laughs> which was not hard to find. No. Um, in the in the in the I I tried to lure Chris in secretly, and then and then I, then I think I spoke to him the next day, and he was like, "What's this terrible savings thing you sent me?" <laughs> Yes, uh, I I emailed a noted I emailed a noted game designer who will stay nameless who will stay nameless <laughs> nameless nameless the true uh, names I, uh, a, a noted game designer who told me to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any idea how many rabbit hole bullshit requests I get per week? Take me off your mailing list. Wow! I said, oh, well, hmm, okay. someone's upset. Hmm. <clears throat> you should ask me a question. I'm, I am going to ask you a question. Chris. I'd like that. Fans asks, do mimics have children? Oh, God. Mm. A little mimic mm. egg. It would be an egg. It's not a live birth. No, that would be an egg. It's so just disgorging are... it out of its hatched top. <laughs> I like to think that the egg looks like a low, like a low poly chest. And it just like, like as the mimic gets more and more, it just sort of like rationalizes and fills itself in until it's like until it's like a little chest. Just looks like a stack of wooden nails. Yeah, like do mimics get bigger the more people they? How does that work? I don't know. I assume they can just you, grow gently. Can you have a fat mimic? <laughs> can you have a t- that, that chest looks a bit tubby? Oh, it's probably rammed with gold. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> Hang on, I'm going to taste it for. <laughs> The uh, so according so I, I did some research on this question because it fascinated me mm-hmm. because one if mimics have children that implies mimics fuck yes that's true 
but the the core so mimics aren't chests they're amorphous blobs they're sort of like gray um carbon colored matter which can form itself into a in, into the shape of something that adventurers would want to touch and then adventurers touch it they get stuck to it and it eats them Okay. The the teeth, the mouth is simply an affectation. It's more of an it's, it's more of an it's, it's an enveloping. It's an ooze like a, rather than a chest. Like, yeah, it's 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 a it's a an ooze disguised as a chest. They were made by wizards, of course, which I feel is a fucking cop out. Yeah, that, that's so, always the solution. Uh, a wizard. Uh, a wizard yeah. did it because we can't. Th- so I think we should change this. <laughs> I think we so like one. It's definitely eggs, isn't it? Yeah, so, like, my rationalisation for Mimics having eggs mm-hmm. is that Mimics, in fact, look like chests. That's just yes. how they've evolved. Right, okay. The eggs look like gold coins. Ah, so okay. sometimes, you you don't know it, but you have opened a Mimic chest and emptied it of gold coins. Oh, but those are eggs! But those are eggs, and thus... Well, so, some spread, of them are eggs. Some of them are eggs, and then you've yeah. spread... The, the progeny of the Mimic around the oh, world as you spend the, the eggs. That's, I really like that. So that's how they, they get all over the world and get into different dungeons and, and stuff because they, they've been spread by adventurers. The adventurers uh, are essentially bees. I like that a lot. I also think, that I, guess, I guess they don't have to have sex with one another because it, like, it's rare you see two Mimics in the same room. Mm. So I guess, like one, it works like a kakapo. And that one mimic puts out a, bo- a, a booming mating call, and the other one slowly shuffles over. <laughs> I can't, that's the thing I can't like. So Dark Souls mimics have those long ass legs they run, really they run around long on. Legs, yeah. Not my scene. I'd much rather imagine them imagine them trying to walk on the little sort of like little coasters that are on there, <laughs> the, the, the little nubs you get on furniture. You know, right? Yeah. What are they called? Legs. Like a chest of drawers doesn't have legs, but it's got those little nubs at the bottom. Feet, yes, just sort of bum 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 bum. Oh, I'm a coming. Um, <laughs> I'm a cupboard. <laughs> um, or they, they, I guess they could reproduce asexually. Yeah, they could. They could do the what's it? Parthenogenesis. Parthenogenesis. I don't know how it's pronounced. I don't know. But the thing, I suppose, the thing which concerns me is then how would they evolve? Well, what, more, more importantly, what did they evolve from? Like, humanity came from. Simians and mm. and that they sort of they evolve from holes in trees, <laughs> okay. safe looking caves, and wherever squirrels put their nuts, <laughs> and then forget about them, and then forget about them. Well, you know they can really, they, squirrels can remember where half their nuts are. Yeah, but that's, that's like good. half their nuts, so they have to bury double the amount of nuts they're going to need. Mate, I doubt you could remember where you buried nuts without leaving any sort of marking. That's very true. Yeah. But I'm not um, a squirrel. It's not my job. That's true. Yeah, you could put down a little flag. Yeah, nuts here. Uh, but but then again, then again, the squirrels would take us. So you'd have to say no nuts here. I don't think squirrels, while they can read, are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> They're very gullible creatures. Yeah. The chest seems like the fundamental, the platonic unit of wealth storage. Yeah. A chest, dad, is a bank. <laughs> they all come from the vault. From the vault. Um, so I guess, I guess like you've got like like coin pouches, purses. What 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 did you have before chests? Jars. Yeah. Earthenware pots. Earthenware pots. <laughs> it's not Zelda. No, no, no. But like, like I'm thinking, like for storing things in. Yeah. You've got earthenware pots. I think that's probably the earliest thing, or like woven bags. Yeah, maybe they've just always been containers. Yeah, and they wanted to, and and so like 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 back back in prehistory, mimics looked like big flappy um, woven bags made out of palm fronds, and they had like fancy shells as children. Yeah, yeah, that works. I'll, so uh, no, I'll be honest with you. It doesn't <laughs> check out past the I suppose we'll call it the adventurer age, which is where D and D takes place. Yeah, but then we can always double back on wizards. <laughs> Although I, I like, I like the idea now. as it goes further and further and further through technology, mm. and the idea that mimics start becoming gun magazines. Oh, okay. Because because you'd really want a a reload. Yeah. So they become gun magazines, and then their eggs are bullets, and they're fired off, spreading them around. 
How would you? That's that's some unknown army shit. <laughs> I'm not sure how a gun magazine could envelop me. Could probably could probably have a handoff. That's true. I'm not sure. How, I guess it would be like a um, a yacht. <laughs> <laughs> yacht. <laughs> or um, I'm trying to think of like of like like a place where wealth is stored. There isn't a chest that is on my bank account. An ATM. An eight. And there we go. An ATM. What it just gave you back wasn't your card. An ATM, and it's flashing free money malfunction. You're like, oh, this I gotta have. <laughs> and you walk over, and it just it just sucks you in. Why do you think the new five pound notes are all plasticky? The Bank of England is very confused. I'd like to imagine like it has a little plasticky tenor like licking its lips after it sucks <laughs> you in. <laughs> mm, delicious. Ask me a question, Chris. I will ask you a question. Mm. Uh, what advice do you have for someone preparing to run their first online game? Mm. Online games are hard. Yeah. Get, Chris, you, you, you run them most, don't you? I, I do one every Sunday at the moment. Um, get ready to be very confused because you don't have non-verbal cues to work from. Mm. That is yeah. a lot more uh, of an effect than you think it does. You can't just look at someone. Um, you have to be incredible. So, like, I think my biggest piece of advice for GM is to call on people by name. I actually mm. call on people by character name. Write down everyone's names and character names and their classes in front of you. I've run a game of Spire yesterday, actually, where I did this. You write down name, character name, classes, um, and pronouns, just because it's easier uh, to have them all in one place. And then you... If you feel that someone hasn't said anything for ten minutes or five minutes, call them. Hey, blah blah blah. What are you doing? Mm. And, it, and if at that point you're like, oh, I don't know, I'm picking my nose. Well, you tried. <laughs> also, get used to silence and don't be afraid of it. It's it feels disgusting. It does feel silence. disgusting, I but hate it. sometimes there's just this moment of who's going to talk first because everybody's too mm. polite. Yeah, and like it's fine, just talk in the gap. I guess, like, honestly, or you just have, have me in your games, because I don't have that, that politeness gland for not talking No, that is first. true. I'm super keen to, to a fault. And and you hate dead noise. Uh, dead, dead air. Oh, I hate it. Or dead noise. Yeah, the corpse of noise. I, <laughs> I, I just a noise from a dead person. I hate silence, mm. especially if... And, and, and that's the thing, I don't mind it so much as a player... I think, like, I feel awkward as a player if there's silence and I'll jump in and say something. But as a, as a GM, it's like, oh, I failed. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, they're not having fun. And people do, people do have fun. They don't have to, like, you don't have to make noise all the time to let people know you're having fun. No. You know? Despite, despite evidence to the contrary from me. But get used to that silence, write down character names, call on people. Um,. If if role playing happens, I, th- I think like an- an- another thing I found that's really useful is to have disposable NPCs knocking around. Um, so like, I, I, there was a talking dog in yesterday's spy game. <laughs> okay. Um, and just it, it was it was in it was the witch's familiar. Right. Okay. And so he could talk to her, and he had the voice of Tom Waits. And he was re- he was he was really useful to have around because the uh, the 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 player uh, who was playing the blood witch was seemed a little bit uncomfortable in sort of putting stuff forward in scenes, and so it was so having an NPC on hand to say, uh, "Can you put some of your water in my bowl?" to have that sort of thing. Uh, I just saw <laughs> a cat over there. I want to go chase. Having that having that guy around was useful to sort of just sort of keep the energy moving forward in scenes, and if you have an NPC who can just sort of you, you can act as the Watson in a scene to be like, oh, what's going on here, guys? Yeah. To sort of get the spark conversations running and then they can go into the background or what have you. Um, that's really useful. Um, you could play on webcam, but I've never done that and I don't like it. So webcam is easier, but mm. more awkward. Because mm, you can't um, pick your nose. N- <laughs> but you can tell when somebody wants to talk, but hasn't yet. Mm. That makes it a little bit easier. Um, it also gives you somewhere to focus. One yeah, of the problems true. I have when I'm playing with just audio is that I'm just looking at stuff on my desk. <laughs> I end up reading stuff that's just lying about, and that's not helpful, mainly because one of the few bits of writing I have near me is a Spot the Dog book in Portuguese. <laughs> it's previously discussed. Yeah. What if we got you one of those like fun baby uh, like ornament play centres that you hang over a lie- like a child lying on its back? That could work. 
And we yeah. just strapped one of those to your head on a rig. I'm thinking of just printing out a crosshair and sticking it on the wall behind my, my computer. Right. Because that's where I'm always staring in video games. Like the right. dot in Mirror's Edge. So if I just have a point to fixate on, I'll be fine. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's my logic. It'll work. I love that. Or like, I guess... I. I guess I guess you could just write down just just like a thing on the wall saying you are the GM, Chris. <laughs> you can do this. It's pay okay. Atta- pay attention, Chris. <laughs> Not to these words. To what's coming in your ears. <laughs> like the whole like the whole paragraph in twelve point text. Yeah. In like light blue. Huh? Chris, stop repeating the words you're reading to your players. Don't read this out. Stop reading it out now. <laughs> I yeah, I could I, just I'm print not... out pictures of all the players and put them above there, but that would be creepy as hell. Well, it, honestly, yes. But <laughs> maybe I think I not... could then look at who's talking and be like, yeah. But no, maybe not quite so. You know, you could remember who's in the game. Yes, is quite nice. And also, like, um, if like if you're not recording it for a podcast or whatever, um, like encourage chat. Um, via text when you're not in a scene. So, yes. like, if you want to comment on scenes and stuff, uh, honestly, I don't mind people barging in and you know commenting on scenes that are going on. That's fine, but um, it's quite useful to have the capacity to sort. If, if you want to make a joke about a scene that's going on, or if you want to um, like share images which you think um, support this well, or you want to be like, oh, that's really cool, then you can do that in text, and so you, like you can stay present. Um, I think. I think also from like from a player perspective, there's a there's a, there's a what's the a responsibility to take part. Yes, like you can just sort of turn up and coast in a tabletop game. I'd rather you didn't, but if you're having an off day, you can sit there and you know you're it's it's easier it's easier to relax in that state. But you have to be quite proactive in online gaming. Yeah, yeah, you've got you've got space to fill up. Mm. Um, and as as I say, the the thing that brings online games to a screeching halt is being too polite. Mm. And waiting for somebody else to talk first, and oh, and oh no, you go first. Oh no, 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 you go first. Just say a thing. Yeah, say a thing, and it's fine. Say a thing. Doesn't matter. I have a question for you. Ask me a question. Oh, that sketchy. Asks my group is finally ready to branch out. We've only played D and D fifth ed to more RPGs. What would you suggest we start out with? Preferably games that can be played as one offs. Thanks. 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 We've got oh, a thanks. Nobody else says thanks. The rest of you. So that some of you don't even put question marks. Well, some of them pay us. I, I'm. I think. As far as one shots go, start silly. Mm. Um, the capacity because, like, if if you're used to Dungeons and Dragons, people are going to be. I, I, I assume you've got a moderately daft game because all games are moderately daft once you get down to it. Oh, especially sure. if it's your first game. Um, but games which um, are quick and easy to learn is a really important. So, so like your mutants and masterminds, your mutant city blues, your mutant X. I'm trying to think of other games with mutants in that are complicated. Mutant crawl classics. Your mutant chronicles. Well, that is actually a thing. Um, these are all quite complex games, and uh, there's quite a lot of effort in what in, as a GM learning them. And then as a player learning them, and then just if you're doing it as a one shot, it's not you got you got to explain it to the players, and it's like you, you take a long time to get going. Uh, I would recommend uh, there's a lot of fine one page RPGs written by um, what's the word sexy games designers. <laughs> uh, I believe I believe what you're looking for there is ya boy, cha boy. It's cha boy Grant. He writes role playing games, and I think you could you could enjoy Honey Heist, which is dead. Um, or the other good one, Jason Statham's one, uh, Big Vacation. That was it. They're all good and excellent yeah, all, value yeah. for money. Yeah, they're all excellent value for money, and that they're free. Or you can pay for them. You can pay for them, and you get the secret back content, mm-hmm. uh, back page content. But those are like oh, like lasers and feelings, or um, any of the many brilliant lasers and feelings hacks. There are a wide variety of games which are free or cheap. They're very rules light, so you can learn them and explain them very quickly. They're generally quite prep light as well, or you'll do the prep with the group, which is always kind of fun. Um, and your 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 risk, your investment is incredibly low on that. Yeah, so I, that, I that, that's one that. of the really big things. Like the last thing you want to do is go, okay, um, I'm going to buy a copy of Pathfinder. That's another popular game. 
I'm going to get Dark Heresy. Yeah, and then go, oh, okay, this is a nightmare. Yeah, well, Pathfinder is also... It's not a million miles away from D&D either. No, but, sorry, what I'm saying is you're buying something yeah. because it's popular. It's heavy. And it's, yeah, rather than just going with something that has zero investment. Yeah. Like, it's literally free online. And, and trying think, it out. I think also, like, asking your players to, to have a look and be like, hey, can everyone recommend a one-page game that they want to play? Yeah. Search for one-page games. You know, you can find there's Reddits, there's Reddits devoted to it, or, like, quick games, free games you want to try out. And then if if a player is invested in it, then that's that's kind of neat because you know you've got enthusiasm from them, and it's only for one game. You can make it happen. Um, the other thing I'd recommend is Dungeon World. Dungeon World is excellent if you want to do a very gentle transition away from heavy rules and into yeah. story games because it feels like D and D, but it but it works different, and there's more onus on the player to do stuff. You will generate. A, an exact, an, 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 what's the word? Identical story to a game of Dungeons and Dragons, but you'll use none of the rules. Yeah. Aside from like hit points, which is kind of boring, but <laughs> you can and like charisma and shit. Anyway, point is, you you will you will have all the tropes that you like in Dungeons and Dragons, but say the thing with Dungeon World, rather than measuring, oh, I'm going to move thirty feet forward and then um, oh, I'm not quite in range. The goblin's going to see if they can hit me. So roll to hit for the goblin. Okay, they missed. That's cool. Then I'm going to then my next turn. I'm going to charge and hit the guy. I roll to hit. Um, that's two rolls. One which is um, defy danger as you charge past the goblin with his bow and arrow, and two which is hack and slash, which is uh, introduce axe to goblin. Yeah. It's uh, it's like there's no initiative order. It's much quicker. It's um, it's it's a more fluid way of telling stories. It doesn't have the tactical benefits that D and D does. It doesn't have the um, sort of the nice group synergy no, that D and D does. But abilities mm, like spout law, yeah, you start having more narrative control than you could ever have in D and D. What does spout law do? Spout law is the one where you 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 just make stuff up mm. about the world. And it and it and it is now true. Yeah, and that's Which fantastic. Nice, yeah. yeah, there's a role to retroactively justify your actions. Yeah, retrospectively, retroactive. Yeah, yeah either one. But yes, either of those. And like, if if you play, please like get in touch. Let's know how it goes. Let's see if our advice helped. Probably hasn't, but you know. Yeah, they're probably never listening again. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question now. Oh, please do. Beardy asks, "What's the most fuckable type of boat?" <laughs> Uh, the catamaran the catamaran the catamaran why do you say the catamaran is a fuckable boat I think that's a pretty sexy looking boat honestly it's exotic I guess glides across the water that's true it's like it's quite quiet kind of unique what yeah that's true like it's not just you know your your bog standard boat Mm, not like like a rowing boat no whatever it's more on the hovercraft end of the spectrum, and it's generally more luxury. I I'd be worried about about having sex with a hovercraft. Yes, I think I think that would take something off. It's 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 like a boat that's all propeller. <laughs> it's only dangerous round the back. Yes, yes, like 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 a normal boat. All you got to worry about is the propeller. And like on a boat with oars, world's your oyster. Yeah, you know. But Plen- on a whole plenty of rollocks. I'd worried that it would get crushed either between. Or in the cushion. So you can you can have a hovercraft go over you and that's okay. And not die. Yeah. Yeah, sure, but can you fuck it and not lose your penis? <laughs> I think you can fuck it in the same way that you can fuck a bouncy castle. So yes. Okay. <laughs> now I'm interested in a yacht. A luxury not, yacht. Not like a pater- yes, a luxury yacht. Okay. Uh, not just not just your Commodore Garden, you know, yacht that a butcher might have, <laughs> like a, proper, a millionaire's yacht, as the sort of yacht with a pool fancy in it. pants yacht. Because I feel that so yeah, you've got a catamaran, and like your average size catamaran, you're looking at like you could probably get about six people on there, not like no berths or anything, but you could have six, yeah, know, people sailing. I'm kind but of like, monogamous though, so. No, that's that's just well, okay. <laughs> what, what I'm thinking with a yacht, and maybe like a super yacht, is like that's like a weekend. You get a few, you get a few nice bottles of wine, you know, uh, or, order some pizza in, and just sort of explore the yacht with my body. <laughs> like I could learn. There's so like like a lot of them have swimming pools. That's like a swimming pool I could have sex with. 
That's true. On the yacht, which I guess is foreplay. I don't know, but I can't obviously interact with the um, with the, with the propellers. That's that's right out. I can't do anything yes. there. So like, I like with a catamaran, you've got no no go areas, which I like. Mm. The whole thing's a playground. But I guess for me, like having forbidden zones makes it a bit sexier for me to maybe just go up and swim close to the propeller with my dick out. What are you, what are your thoughts on a Mississippi bound paddle steamer? Oh my. You know what? You, saw, you, you you said that, and my head immediately thought Nigella Lawson in period costume. <laughs> I can see that. Just that. Doing, that it, of, do it, doing a southern accent. Yeah, yeah, and like not a great southern accent. But yeah, but she's like, trying. Yeah. Oh, uh, sir, I made these madelines for our picnic. <laughs> Like, but like, like you, you can you can you can feel the creak of whalebone pressure in the air. Mm. Um, I think I think so. Like a Mississippi, a Mississippi paddle steamer. I think one they're quite big. They're a bit boxy, which I'm not hugely into. And the main exciting part of them is the paddle, which I can't <laughs> do much with sex wise. Okay, I guess I could run on it. Well, that, that's not really <laughs> fucking, is it? No. Um, no that, that's gym equipment. I guess. Depa- I don't know how fast it turns. Slowly. And whether I, and whether sorry slowly if it's very slow and I could possibly like shit you could lie on top of it and see what happened you could lie on top of it face down and just let it rub against you that could be highly erotic or kill you oh, this is getting eerily episode sixty nine in here <laughs> sorry it's, it's the question is the most fuckable boat no I understand that <laughs> now the last thing I want to put towards you is a um is a cruise liner. A lot of rooms. There's a lot of room for activities. It's like the yacht, but I suppose the issue is a cruise liner has other people on it. Yes. Like, you need a crew, fundamentally. Yeah. Like, a yacht, you can probably... I don't know whether you can pilot it yourself. I don't know much about boats. But you need a full crew of, like, 40, yeah. 60 people for a cruise liner, if not hundreds. And also, there's normally a staff similar to the staff of Butlins. Yes. Which is a problem. Um, you've also got the other guests there. But yep. maybe maybe you like being caught masturbating in a cinema, which is what you'd be doing. <laughs> maybe that's your thing. Maybe that's your thing. In which case, probably not worth... But that's not really having sex with a boat. Or a, a watercraft. <laughs> but you're getting caught in international waters. Mm, kinky. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I think that like there'd, there'd be so many options. And also the, the constant thrill of being caught with your dick in a porthole. Surely those enormous vents on the top of cruise liners. That's a bit vory, isn't it? There's a bit. Because, like, you'd have the to get The ones the steam comes out of. Well, like, I, fi- I, I figure you'd... Where does that steam come from, by the way? What's it for? The engines. I don't think they have steam engines on board cruise liners anymore. I think they're diesel. It's diesel steam? No. <laughs> Hard steam, or as we call it, smoke. <laughs> I Like, those, those really nice, big, circular pipes. You could where all the diesel steam comes out. Yes. You could you could cover yourself in goose grease and just try and get down them as fast as possible, like like in a water park, like at a water park, or as though you were a xenomorph, <laughs> a greasy xenomorph. It looked kind of greasy, gittering through the tunnels. It was def- definitely had some sort of sheen to it, didn't it? Yes, but I imagine it's more like a snake. Like it looks slippery. Oh, it just looks. Not... It looks. I mean, slippery, it did, it did ooze. Well, so. it oozed out of the mouth, and it oozed when it came out of the egg, but I don't know whether that's hard chitin, chitin, kittens, how do you pronounce that? How do you pronounce kittens. That? All these insects is covered in kittens. <laughs> it's covered in a layer of kittens, hello. Ablative cats. <laughs> oh. Um, I mean, very cute up until one of them gets fucking shot. Yes, very true. Uh, ask me a question, and I want it to be just as good as the fuckable boat question. Oh. Rain falls, finally, burbling from every gutter, a frothing torrent too great for the parched earth to contain. The mysterious stranger takes you by the hand, leaving the cover, leaving the cover of the veranda and your shoes, to walk out and feel the cool water kiss your skin, mud rising between your toes, earth and sky lifting worries from tired bones, giving you the energy to answer this question. You may be familiar with 80s children's game show slash green screen LARP Nightmare, so I doubt this question will surprise you. What's the correct way to seduce a talking wall? Grouting. (laughs) 
skillful grouting. What? What? You, you want to get one of those tiny little archaeologist trowels so you can get yep. right up in the nooks and crannies? That's what a talking wall likes. And just a huge bag of those little plastic crosses to put between the tiles. Roll plugs. If you're kinky. It's just, it's just shelving prophylactics. <laughs> That's all that is. That's so true, the yeah. screw doesn't touch wall. Well, look, I just... I, I, maybe the talking wall doesn't want you to go in bareback. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, we're, we're at the seduction stage. We've already jumped some steps here. <laughs> That's true, yeah. So, um, just for just to, to to just to shine some light on this question, uh, nightmare for uh, all of our listeners know what nightmare is, but it was a wonderful um, children's show where you had to pretend to be a uh, mighty warrior who unfortunately could not see past their own feet, and so you were guided by a team of three other children through a through a dungeon, and the dungeon was largely impossible to to. to it would be difficult for someone without a giant fucking helmet on. Yes. Uh, to traverse, but it was, it was doubly difficult for the uh, for the poor child they they threw into the dungeon. It was heavily implied died. Yeah, there was a lot of child death and all yeah, murder. Yeah, it was like, and it it was it was like you lost your last point of 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 health from being hit by a saw blade, and then it was like, ah, oh, you failed. Well, are we going to get him back? How does this work? But not what? just that, but the the health was the skin coming off of a skull. Yeah. And then tell when you kid's died, mum, when when they died, the skull evaporated like Thanos was pissed. Yeah, like it yeah. just melts away. It's not cool. And, and Chris and I did a live action version of that. We did, yes, because um, we are in, professionals. Yep, yeah, uh, that was back before we designed role playing games professionally. Uh, the first year, uh, so it, that was that was the, that was in first year. We decided we would do it. Um, unfortunately, Chris lost his voice, and so <laughs> and so just came. To uh, came to the uh, to the to the twenty four hour games event we were running it with two bits of paper. Sorry, three bits of paper. Yes, no, and fuck you. Pinned to the inside of his coat, and he pointed at them. <laughs> it got across everything I needed to say. Yes, um, but we went we went on to run it. We, we we had like a noir session where they were after the Malteser Falcon, which was a which was a, a, a pigeon duct taped to some Maltesers. Yep. Yeah, it was really serious. Um, so we did that, um, and one of the things in, in Nightmare was a talking wall. I believe was, was it called Gravitas? I really hope so, but I actually can't I remember. It, I believe it was. It was Gravitas. It wasn't Gravelas because that was, that was a kids' show. I think I think it was called Gravitas or Gravitas. Mm. Uh, it was a big talking wall. It sounded exactly like a talking wall would sound. You know, like this. Which is I the think... voice I is the voice I use for anything bigger than a human? <laughs> Swamps, especially horses. Horse, hello, I'm a horse. Your horses all sound like this, man. <laughs> horses, horses all have the uh, voice and temperament of a recently discharged 1970s Vietnam vet. <laughs> Harrowed by their experiences. Yeah, seen shit, man. Go on, sorry. So, if we're seducing a wall, I think mm-hmm. the best way to sort of break the ice is riddles. They, they do seem like, like a riddle, they like don't a good they? riddle. Got to throw out some riddles. Go Lord of the Rings on this. Really old school ones. I'd probably bring it something to look at. Because it can't do anything. It just sits there. Giving this is a people picture riddles. of outside. Now, okay, yeah, a window. That's got it. Like, it's, it's really got to want that. But like, I, I guess I'm viewing it in more like your sort of um, Japanese dating simulator where you simply have to buy them uh, the correct number of the right presents and remember their blood type until sex happens. I guess you purchase a relationship by knowing how tall they are. But, which I believe is how it works with humans. I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> I'm, I'm married now. I don't really need to worry about that anymore. And you don't know how tall your wife is. <laughs> She's 5'2". <five two>. Okay. <laughs> um, riddles, you run a risk. Because on one on one hand, maybe it's interested in riddles because that's what it does for work. Mm. So it'd be like it would be like someone talking to me about role playing games, you know? Oh sure, talking wall must love riddles. Racist. That, that's the other thing. Like all it's got is riddles. Yeah. So either it's bored of it or it's like, wow, really, really? I long for something rhetorical. <laughs> so you, you you're running a, you're running a risk there. I think possibly buying a painting to look at, a telly, a window. A dog. But then, uh, will they not be filled with just this enormous sense of despair, knowing that they'll never see the actual real versions of things they see on television? Well, I guess so, but maybe you can sort of, you know, tap into that. 
I'm just, sorry, I'm not saying take advantage of that. I'm saying... Okay, I'm, okay. You're a shit close one. <laughs> um, I mean, like, I mean, like, sort of tap into that mournful energy. And, right. Like, and, and, and like, like, well, we have to, we have to seize, seize the moment. Okay, because what it sounded like is, wait until they're really sad. It's <laughs> <laughs> just not how I do it. No, that's you not how wait, anybody you, should do it. You want to wait until someone's really happy, then kiss them. Yes. That's wait my until trick. until they've really reached the end of their tether. <laughs> wait until it's just too much and then suggest maybe having a snog a little date how about a little date hmm? you and me on a little date I've got, a, I've got a follow up question for you Chris sure what happens after you seduce a talking wall uh, you go on wall dates how where aside from next to the wall so what I'm thinking is you hire a like a Luton van, a Luton van, yeah, and a oh, Mason. so you mean like a van for looting? No, there's sorry, there's a type of van called a Luton van. L-U-T-O-N. Oh, from Luton, right? Okay, I don't know what that is. Um, it's a big covered van, mm-hmm. but it's got one of those lifts on the back that goes up and down. Oh yes, I know the kind. Um, so you They're popular those, in Luton, also, and um, I think they're made in Luton. I don't know. Okay, go on. Um, and you hire a Mason. Mm-hmm. To just separate that bit of wall from the rest of the building. Oh, I see. Now, does then... that kill the wall? <laughs> no, it kills the building. The building is dead. <laughs> it's more of a lean two now. The building is not. <laughs> it is. It is legal to smoke in now because it doesn't. It doesn't have too many walls. So benefits all round. Yeah, um, benefits all round. And then what you do is you take it to the London Eye. You abscond. Yeah, I mean London Eye. That's your first thing because. It's never been outside. You want to take it up high and really show it what vertigo is. I will say, um, given and then given when they're my, really sad, given <laughs> <laughs> just give it a little kiss. I given like I've been on the London Eye once. They don't let you take half bottles of wine on there, so I think they might frown at a magic wall. I believe mm-hmm. that there is no stipulation against masonry, talking or otherwise. No, that's, you know what? In the list you've got, of you've got me there. Of, yeah. I don't think it's yeah. think it a thing. Yeah. Um, now, once it's removed from the building, we, we can presume the wall itself is, is, is living. Yes, yes. Or if not living, animated into a... What's the word? A phantom of life. Sentient. Sentient. Sapient and sentient. Autonomous. Well, it's a wall, but yeah. So, how much of that can you remove before it dies? Can you can you render it down to a sort of bonsai talking brick? Because that's a much easier date. I wow. Um, oh, you I, can take a brick on the London Eye, no problem. I know. You see, normally the the mouth and eyes and nose and whatnot is made mm. out of multiple bricks, so you'd need to keep that. Otherwise, yeah. what you're doing is you're going on a date with two thirds of a lip. Mm. Yeah, which that's is not, weird. Yeah, it's not especially sexy. No, for either party. <laughs> Okay, so... So you're looking at a sort of a six-foot circle. Right. You see, when I asked this, what I was what I was thinking is, rather than going on dates, is, like, physically what happens with the wall after you've seduced it. Like, do you kiss it? You could. I mean, you I'm climb in? You. Like, it seemed to have a big mouth, I seem to remember, but it didn't, like... It wasn't hollow. The mouth went somewhere that wasn't the other side of the wall. Oh, yes, the rest of the creature is, is, is in its own plane of existence. The wall is just a manifestation. Hmm. So it's just an enormous bloated octopoid creature that just happens right. to look like a wall in this in this reality. Oh, I see. Right. Why didn't you say? <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> Crazy hot. I have a question for you. Ask, and you shall receive an answer. I can't wait. Zenton asks. I'm running my first RPG in a few years, certainly the first weekly one in a very long time. How do I keep my nervousness slash overeagerness from driving everyone off? Now, this is a particularly hard question for me. Mm. Because I'm always terrified. Yeah, you really are. It's so cute. Always terrified of games. And you run them for a living. Still scares the crap out of me every yeah. time. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I used to get terrified picking up the phone when I used to work at Norwich Union, so I feel that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, I don't get the, the over-eagerness. That's never been a problem for me, but the nervousness mm. definitely has. Um, and the best way to do it is to just go in screaming. No. Essentially. Just go at it. Not like actually screaming. But you know what I mean? Just 
Go in with with false bravado and style never, it out. Never let them find the shrine you've built of them. Oh no, that would that would just blow the whole cover. Now, now this goes for role playing uh, as well as romantic um, mm. potentials. You, like, you, like no one wants to see that shrine. Yeah, and like needs to. maybe maybe when you're there worshiping in front of it, and you've got like a little you got a little cutout of their character and a little cutout of their face, and then like you maybe got a picture of you on your wedding day, and you replace their character's face with your partner's face, that sort of thing. And that you know? little journal of all the all the dice rolls they've ever made. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like occasionally you, you'll be there, you know, prostrate in front of it, prostrate, prostrate in front of prostrate, it, prostrate, yes, prostrate in front of it, uh, journey effect, and you'll be like, man, I think he'd really like to see this shrine. He won't. Mm. He doesn't. That that that's like what happens is between you and the shrine. Okay, that's not something which the subject of the shrine or collage, depending on what <laughs> stage you're at, needs <laughs> to see. No, that is that that will do. And also, if you hand them all individual binders that you've drawn their faces on, mm-hmm. that will also drive them away. Yeah, don't do that. Um, what you can do is play it cool. I suggest a very large pair of sunglasses mm-hmm. that you can take on and put to take off and put on throughout the course of the game, mm-hmm. um, and just a couple of whiskies. Yeah, just 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 a couple of neat scotches. Uh, if you do take some of their hair, don't make it too obvious. Oh, actually, no, sorry, double down and make it obvious. So be like, "Hi, oh, yeah, I'm taking some of your hair. Crazy, isn't it?" Yeah, and then borrow and some then of this and, and that, and then we're good. And we're good. Okay, so. Fighters, rogues, etc. So, see versus paralysis. So, uh, yeah, because like, like, don't be, don't be ashamed of it. If you, um, if you, if you approach people, you're like, hey, excuse me, sorry to bother you. They're going to view you as a nuisance. Whereas if you're like, hi, let's do this, then they'll be excited. Yeah. Um, and there was, there was nearly some good advice in there. So I'm going to veer away from that. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to veer back into it. Ugh, fine. I know, right? I know. All right, Dad. Oh my, God. my real father. No. Um, everybody wants to be there otherwise they wouldn't have signed up to it you got to hope right yeah uh, like, uh, well you see I've, I've, I've had some I've had a couple of um, uh, partners who've shown up and have not been into it and you've that, had to do your, you had to do your level best to pull them in and it's like come on mate just stay home but that is very rare that is quite quite rare yeah and, and, and hopefully you can just give people the opportunity to um, move up I think I think also like one, one thing I would do is uh, the thing I generally do with role playing groups because I am eternally petrified that I'm that people are like, oh, I'm not. I have to play with Grant again, do I? Um, I generally run five or six game campaigns, and yeah. then and then have like, okay, we're gonna have a break. If anyone's interested in stepping away, we've got a natural point where you can do that in the story. You won't miss out on anything. That's absolutely fine. Now I will say it's never worked, and people have always left halfway through a campaign. <laughs> but it, but it makes me feel better. But my main point there was that everybody is collaborating to yeah, make this yeah. story and everybody's working to the same goal. So it's, yeah. it's going to be fine. Yeah, for sure. Regardless um, of how nervous you get. I think also, like, uh, try not to write to them too much beforehand or in downtime. Because I've certainly turned people off with that respect, going like, hey, so you mentioned you're interested in playing a role-playing game. Oh, here's some characters you might want to play. And that, like, no. No, 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 Here's no, no, a no. video of me at the beach. <laughs> here's a picture of me with almost all my clothes off. Oh, no. Here's the shrines of my last group. <laughs> I've built them into a rough copy of you. Of course, you don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't do anything like that to you. I made yours out of meat. <laughs> Pepperami. Bits of old pig. I'm going to run electric through it and do downtimes on it. <laughs> the shrine will live again. Um, that is that is yeah. Just like maybe, maybe just sort of reel it in and uh, let let the play happen at the table. Yeah, that's that's and that's always always good advice anyway because it's fun it's fun to see things happening unless you've got some sort of secret plots uh, where you want people to sort of be acting against each other or like with surprises or things things like things that people are keeping from each other to reveal later that's okay but if you can let the majority of the story happen around the table that's what the game's designed for I think yeah it's gonna be fun yeah it's gonna be great you're gonna have great fun everyone's everyone's having a good time yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh, are we out of questions now? Because? I think we are. I think that's us. Is that us? Is that a week? Yeah. Oh, I'm. I'm. 
I'm working out how I'm going to get cool after this. I'm going to open my window. Mm. I That's about all I can do. Because I'm in, I'm in, I'm in this hot little box of a room. You're in a hotter little box of a room. A hotter, littler box of a room. Yeah, I think you get more direct sunlight actually. I do. It's right on my windows now. Um, uh, so it's very, it's exceedingly warm. But I might endure this for a little while longer and see if I can sort of get myself to a point of ascension. Okay. See if you come out the other side in a sort of apotheosis. Well, once when I was camping, I got I, I, I we were camping in Portugal. Um, terrible plan. Never camp anywhere. And I I, I, I we'd been walking from like seven a.m. until four p.m. I think, and we and we set up the tent. And it was summer in Portugal, so Duke of Edinburgh. I presume they were trying to cull some of us off. Yeah, that's what that's um, for. The weak ones. And, and so. We walked um, those those with inferior tents or not proper walking shoes. Yes. And so, uh, fun fact by the way, in Portugal, the uh, the Duke of Edinburgh Award is called the Duke of Braganza Award. Oh. Because they ha- they have a different duke. Which is I great. see. <laughs> which is pretty neat, but also Braganza. <laughs> it's a great word to say or do. Um, and so we walked, and I got in this tent, and I've never sweated more in my life. I just immediately started leaking from every portion of my body. Mm. And there was something transcendental about it. It well, definitely people, occurred. People go to sweat lodges, don't they? Yeah, we, we were invited to a... Um, so a, a, a couple friend of ours invited me and my partner out and, say, and, and saying, so if we, you know, we've been really stressed out. We want to go and visit this... Um, Visit this 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 hot room. Oh, sorry, what? So there's a hot room and a cold room, and you go into hotter and colder rooms. I'm like, okay, but why? Yeah, what's your? Oh, it's nice. Is it? Can we not just punch for the medium? <laughs> <laughs> it's I'd good like, for the average. I'd like a tepid living room with television and chairs. I, I mean, I'm just looking up on the map. There's a pub down the road. You know, we could go to the pub, right? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be slightly warm. Yeah, I just, yeah, um, but uh, I, I'm interested if I can push myself. So you know what? Maybe uh, I'm, I'm saying I'm confused. But now I'm in this very hot little room. Maybe I can just channel this into some sort of sweat release, and then go and just climb into the freezer. Make throw that out, throw out all the drawers, and fold myself up in it. And then try <laughs> and pull your it chilly close. Dream. Mm, die in there. <laughs> Freeze that sweat solid in your airways. I always wanted to die in a cold box. <laughs> Specifically your freezer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the age of 31. This is my dream. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Hearty Dice Friends. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to see if I can do an, another jazzy outro because I think that was oh, fun. Jazz it up. Thank you for listening to Hearty Dice Friends. I'm sorry, but it's the end. You can find us on patreon.com forward slash Hardy Dice Friends. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud, which is, I presume how you found this. Soundcloud.com forward slash Hearty Dice Friends. You can also back. You can uh, you can follow us on Twitter at HDF Podcast or send us an email at Hearty Dice Friends at Gmail dot com dot com. Sometimes when I listen to podcasts, they do funny voices, and I think that's funny, isn't it? <laughs> Should do that, shouldn't we? If you're saying something that's boring but you do it in a funny voice, that makes it funny. <laughs> Does it? Oh, fuck Try it up, so. Um, I d- that was me just. To- oh, I thought that was your normal voice. Oh, that was your normal fucking stupid voice. Oh, um, uh, I love you, Chris, and I love you, listener. Um, but but no, I, I, I do. I, I love you very much, and it's great working with you and being on a podcast with you. And I just wanted to have a little affirming message there. Um, and it's also great being able to record it and and have people listen to it and enjoy it, which is nice. Um, if you if you've enjoyed it, um, please tell your friends about it. You know, share share an episode with them. If, discoverability if you like on iTunes is bobbins. Well, like we just we just don't have the we don't have the we don't have the knack of getting on iTunes. I don't think we have the capacity to swing that hard. No, you got to get hundreds of thousands of reviews. You got to have at least one McElroy <laughs> on your podcast at any one time. At any one time. We've got no McElroys, I think. Hang on. No, no McElroys. No. Um, so, tell a friend about... Uh, uh, the, like, t- tell a friend that you trust. <laughs> yeah. 
like because some of the stuff we say in this in this podcast you might not want to like tell you know just a casual friend or like a close friend someone you love but not too much anyway we love you very much we are going to run in and out of a series of increasingly hot and cold rooms with you it's going <laughs> to be like a it's going to be like a temperature zoetrope uh, until one of us falls at which point we will leap on him or her and consume them messily like a violent dog pile. Like a violent dog pile, as opposed to this. Yeah, actually, yeah, like more more violent than your average dog pile. And then to chill out, a slip and slide. Yeah. So thank you, and don't fall. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.